Hi! You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined as I always am by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castrone. Hey, Bob. What's hey, up? Hey, buddy. What's up? We're back. Here we are. We're back. We're back. Chris Catan's back. Feels good. It's been, I, a, it's been a minute. It's been I feel a while. Like it's been a while. It has. Feels like a million years ago, we were in here laughing at Creed, doing their best <laughs> to sound awful. I just realized, Bob, you know, you do incredible work on the production end for the show. I do the bare minimum to get this thing up. Some say, you know, too much work. and But I have to give you more work. A little bit of work, Bob. Okay. And I'm going to set it up. And you can't, you can't edit this out. It needs to be put into the show. Because the last time we were sitting in this garage was, I want to say, right around the middle of January? Yeah. And um, when the topic of an upcoming championship football game came up, I had this to say. Oh, wait, you want me to put it in like right here? Right there. Oh, come on. Right in the pause. No, that's not happening because that means I have to go back. I have to find it. I have to cut it out. Then I have to drop that in. There's no way that's happening. This episode is going up tomorrow. I'm not doing any of that. No, I got that prediction right. So you need to add it in. You got it right. How about you? I got everything, not just the prediction, not just the team. Right. Uh, I also got the MVP right. Yep. And I believe, Bob, that if we're really serious about this podcast and you want me to be around beyond the Goo Goo Doll show, (laughs) that we need to have that original audio. All right. First of all, I see your power play and I reject it. I don't, I don't acknowledge that this is... I will walk. I'm not falling for this bullshit power play. That's number one. I'll walk. Number two, if we were serious about this podcast, we would have a producer do exactly that thing that you want to be done. No, that's why I have so much respect for the work that you put in on the show. And no, I'm not saying you have to do it, but I would say that there is a choice that you're making if you don't. Okay. That's, that's not even a thinly veiled threat. That is a threat with zero veil on just coming out. And uh, just think about all the sad Patreonies right now that, no, you're not kidding. <laughs> no. You would turn your back on this thing in a heartbeat. And, I think, uh, listen, we're closing in on episode 100. And, we're, you know, I'm closing in on my 40th birthday. Yep. And what's left to accomplish? I don't know. Is there a lot to accomplish on the show? Is there a little bit? Have we already accomplished all we needed to accomplish? It's hard to say where we're at as we kind of motor into 2020. We started the show in 2017. Yeah. Again, that's not that's not foreshadowing. Uh, but I, you know, we're t- we're going to talk about the Goo Goo Dolls today. Mm-hmm. And I just I wonder if the fact that we're talking about the Goo Goo Dolls tonight is a, maybe a little bit of a uh, a milestone marker. Like, hey guys, you're starting to run out. I thought that happened when we did Robbie Williams 12 episodes in, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to Goo Goo Dolls actually. Yeah. They were, uh, guess Moderately. what? I'm sorry to say they were one of like the biggest bands of the late nineties, whether you want them to be or not. So it makes sense that we would have things to say about the boys from Buffalo, the boys. from Buffalo. That's all. That's what I know them as. They, they were able to finagle a couple of big, uh, 
NFL halftime shows slash promotional live, like when they had a, an album that they were touring behind. If Buffalo had a big game, they would show up on an NFL pregame show here and there. Yeah. Still to this day, you got Johnny Resnick, who's got the hair that doesn't match his face because <laughs> his face is very Buffalo. Yeah. And I say that with all due respect to the people of Western New York, but it's in every man's face. It's a man that's lived his life in the cold weather and the elements, and now he's getting older. Right. And you could see every line in his face when he smiles. Right. Well, every line that he hasn't had Botoxed away. Right. So he, as he got richer, well, we're going to get into this, but since, <laughs> I mean, we're talking yeah. Resnick right now. He had the Buffalo face. He had the working class face. And then when he got rich, he got the feathered the, hair move. The Bon Jovi hair. The Not Jovi hair. The John Bon Jovi hair. Like the late period Jovi hair. And then he shot the he shot all the stuff in his face to smooth it out. Right. Potentially. We don't know that for, for sure. Right. And then the bass player is just the big fat dude that you know we love. <laughs> we love that guy. I mean, that guy's been awesome. <laughs> love that, that guy. That guy was awesome in 1995. Yeah. <laughs> the name came out. He was awesome in 1999 when Iris was a huge hit. And I'm sure that dude looks like that now. And I mean, we want him in the He's garage. He's always looked like he was one of uh, Danny DeVito's minions when he was the Penguin. <laughs> yes. Put that on your Christmas card. Other guy from Goo Goo Dolls. All right. <laughs> so this this won a poll, right, Bob? Yeah. So uh, we exist thanks to everybody over at Patreon.com slash ThrowbackPod. Much respect. You stepped on the slash throwback pod so thank you to everybody there who gives uh, two dollars a month six dollars a month uh forty dollars a month you guys are the best you're the reason we're still in this garage whether and don't listen to dan's threats they're hollow i'm going to twitter right now by the way they are completely hollow because i'm gonna remove an excuse and i'm gonna log in to the throwback pod on twitter okay and then make a request does anybody know the time time code when I predicted the Super Bowl. Properly. Okay, do that. And you know what? If you do that, maybe in later episodes, I will uh, plug this in. This is a, this is a me reaching out an olive branch to you. How is this helping me at all? It's a, it's a huge olive branch <laughs> maneuver in a it, big spot. It's still not happening. When people listen to this episode, there will be dead air for four seconds. No, we as can't I process the fact that you're asking me to put something in there. We can't do that. This has to be in now. It. Out of spite, see now you're turning it into a no, thing. But now, out of spite, the most I'll do is put it at the very end of the no. episode. That that empty gap that I left as no. a professional, right? As a podcaster who's traveled the world. You know, I've done, oh, Bob, what a time it was <laughs> in Miami, a live show in front of a huge audience. And it was just, again, a pinch me moment for the podcast that people actually listen to. And uh, I said, wow, I feel loved here. What what success we've had. I know I know what I'm doing, Bob. You don't that's think we, what this takeaway is you don't for think, you. I think you don't it think, should be. You don't think the throwback pod. I think, uh, by the way, I think uh, Mark knows what he's doing. You don't think the throwback <laughs> pod could sell out an improv in Miami? Come on. I think the throwback pod could sell out a small shore town somewhere uh, on the banks of Manchester. I think if we went to either uh, Australia or New Zealand, where Flock of Dudes is still just flying off the shelves, um, (laughs) we would be able to sell out probably a stadium. But uh, here in America, we'll see. Hang on. Very important listener request, (laughs) all caps. Can someone... Send the time. 
Anyway, you're the podcast professional, stamp. and you're slowly reading what you're writing on Twitter. Can someone send the timestamp of when Dan correctly put that in caps predicted the Super Bowl? Don't go third person because then it sounds like I'm writing this for you. This is Bob. <laughs> now, now it's <laughs> clearer than ever. Uh, okay. Okay. The pod hangs in the balance. All right, so. What was going on, Bob? I know, I know this feels like a senior year of high school thing for us. We graduated in June 98. I know for a fact that, that the, the song on this is Iris. That's the one everybody right. is pulling their pud to. We don't talk about the uh, MG anymore on this show. We don't say that word. Oh, anymore. and I've also thought I was in a cab in Miami, Bob, um, and I thought maybe I, I have a, I'm workshopping a close to the show. To this one. All podcasts have a closing line. Okay. We've never had one. Well, we, we did have one, but we've, we we've moved it. on from it. And it wasn't, and I didn't feel like it quite suited what the show was about. That is true. And then it took off a little bit and was like, do we feel comfortable with that? And I never did. And I don't think you did either. I'm right. going to workshop one and then I'll let the listeners and you, of course, uh, chime in and see if, if right. you like it. For new listeners, um, the old sign off was go fuck yourselves because Dan was very angry for a period. In uh, late 2018, early 2019, but he's he's in a better place now, so that's <laughs> fallen by the wayside. Um, we showed up on a best of list, right? Some um, website, right? yeah. Some dude from nme.com uh, recommended us in 2020 as a podcast to listen to. NME, which is a you know a nice site, but is yeah. this did that come from the desk of NME? No, or no, just some no. Jabron Bone. Jabron Bone. Okay, that's fine though. Yeah. We'll take it. He said he likes it. Likes it. All right. It's good. Yeah. Listen to this podcast. And just to put a ribbon on this, uh, this wonderful introduction, the, we will, um, this podcast will die when we stop beating where we were a month ago, two months ago, three months ago. We are still on the upswing for almost three years now, or at least ever since leaving HeadGum two years ago. Every month we're bigger than the month before. So that's something you're going to have to contend with because at this rate, we are going to top the Around the NFL podcast in roughly <laughs> 2064. Um, you know, I think you've been working in uh, Holly Weird too long, Bob. Because our plus three numbers are huge. Our ratings That's a very are live, like friends three. in 2003 type takeaway. It's like, hey, numbers are still huge. And as long as people are tuning in, the show no, must go on. The audience is growing. Right. But I would say the moment that the we feel like we're hitting things that we don't really feel passionate about anymore. Okay. Doesn't that, where does that factor in? No, but at that point we're a soulless machine and we're just doing it for the clicks. <laughs> it's like the latest Strokes world tour. Exactly. All right. But we're not talking about the Strokes tonight. <clears throat> we're talking about Can the, we talk about the Strokes? We're talking about the boys from <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> I got to look up the big guy. Johnny, big guy. And TBD. We got to do because we can't be disrespectful to the big guy. I mean, we did say that he looked like he worked for the Penguin. <laughs> so did, it's already been did. disrespectful. But he, I bet he gets the thing that I've gotten from time to time at restaurants, which drives me crazy. And the waiter goes, how about you, big guy? What are you getting? I mean, why don't you why don't you ship me off to a fat camp right there? <laughs> why don't you take me off in handcuffs? Right. That's, and then have a stick with a Twinkie leading me to the back of a paddy wagon that takes me to like the fat camp 
uh, equivalent of promises. That's always when I know it's time for me to get back in shape is when somebody gives me a big guy kind of thing. And it's like, oh, I'm not a big guy at all. That just means I got a big fat guy. It's time to get rid of this thing. Wait, well, l- listen, I've, I got a couple inches on you, Bob. I know. You should never be getting big guys. I, that's what I'm saying. So if I, I've, it's only happened once or twice in my life. And when I've heard it, it's like, oh, that's a warning sign. That's a, that's a wake up. That's a wake up. On the plane, this is a great, this is a great moment. So I had a death in the family last week. Terrible, very sad. So I had to get back from the Super Bowl uh, from Miami to L.A., get back on a plane and fly back to New York. Uh, I'm, I'm in a sausage case on a ter- American Airlines, terrible airline. Uh, I'm, I'm stuck in a, in a seat by the window. And then at the end of a long flight, I'm getting up and the woman seated directly behind me in a very nice way, she's like, she's looks like you know every mom you've ever known. Mm-hmm. Goes, uh, oh man, that must have been really hard for you. <laughs> like, like you're, like you're a six seven NBA. <laughs> and it's like I'm five three, and that was really hard for me. And then you know, this fucking bitch. There's, <laughs> there was nobody sitting in the middle seat for oh, her either, come and she's on. banging me with come it was hard on. for her. Man. Bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> the anger's coming back. I think what happens is is that I'm not quite six feet tall, but I'm in the, I'm in the range. I'm five eleven. And then if if we're like in post football season and and we're you know chunking up a little bit, that makes me seem a little taller too. And I just seem like really big to certain people. Yeah, that makes sense. Like especially, that old fucking cranky bitch. Especially behind a me. cranky five three piece of shit. She was so nice too. <laughs> <laughs> she said it in such a nice way, but I was like, "Lady, it's a good thing I'm a nice guy, and I'm not gonna." Uh... Did you guys? <laughs> well, we fucked each other. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's okay, good. We made love, but... right in a <clears throat> in a closet like the six feet under pilot. All right, let's get into it. Johnny Resnick, it. guitarist, we're going... vocalist. We're going. Okay, yeah. bassist. Is Robbie Takic. Of course, Robbie. Takic. Fat Rob. No. <laughs> He's not the Kardashian guy. <laughs> He's still alive. That's good. He was born September 30th, 1964. Because he's a real dude, this is his bo- given name, Robert Carl Takic Jr. Love it. He grew up in the Buffalo suburb of West Seneca with his parents and younger sister. And um, and this always legit. This always amazes me that you just knew that, not reading any of that stuff. It's always impressive when you, hey, when you can just pull that stuff out. All right. So let's go back to September twenty second, nineteen ninety eight. You know, it's really impressive that you were able to do that whole flight. How about I fucking rip your throat out, lady? <laughs> now let's fuck. The number one song when Dizzy Up the Girl came out was this beautiful ballad, an important ballad. La-dee-da-da-dee-dee-dee-dum. One of the best songs of the 90s, nay, of our lifetime. And also, my song with my high school girlfriend. I'll sing the opening word. Please do. Bob took out his hairy wiener <laughs> oh, and had no. sex for the first time to this song. <laughs> He didn't know what manscaping was, and he was amongst the hairiest boys in his grade. His girlfriend was barely four feet tall. Oh my God. 
And when you combine his hairy wiener with her small size, it must have been crazy. <laughs> Plus, they couldn't do it in a bed. They had to drive and hide somewhere together. I can't wait to hear this chorus. Bob's got a hairy wiener. <laughs> when did you start scaping? That was almost too good. Like you've been waiting 22 years to sing that. <laughs> it kind of sounds like you had that in the vault. You were just ready to go. <laughs> I mean, when, I mean, cause you, you're one of the hairiest people I know. Of course. Robin Williams, Harry for people that don't know. Bob. Oh yeah. Just so hairy, Italian and Jewish. You're the hairiest people. And combined. Yes, and you have that. You have that. That's your burden. And I would imagine that. Not in the winter. It's a wonderful addition. Oh, it's got to help. It's a great layer. I did like that. Um, when did manscaping take hold for you, Bob? Because that that feels like a uniquely turn of the century thing for people our age. Oh yeah, there was no manscaping back in the nineties. You just were what you were. You mm. had to deal with it. But but for the record, before we move on, yeah, um, my actual wiener isn't hairy. I feel like I just need to go on record <laughs> with that. When you say hairy wiener, it implies hair growing out of the wiener, and I just want I just want our listeners it's to know it's unnaturally hairy. <laughs> it's even on his wiener <laughs> in the head part. <laughs> it goes straight up the shaft. Oh man. <laughs> I'm like Bigfoot. But this is your song, you and Miranda. Yes, Miranda and I. This was uh, our song. Your high school sweetheart. Yep. Who you dumped callously when you went off to Towson. That is accurate. Yeah, this was, um, you know, of course, from the Armageddon soundtrack. We had seen Armageddon in the theater together, of course, because it was a huge movie. And uh, I've never seen it. The song, I don't know how you managed not to see it. Well, I didn't have a girlfriend. It Why would a, I go see Armageddon it was if a I didn't have a Because uh, Bruce Willis has to fucking save the world. What's wrong with you yeah. that you didn't want to go see that? That's a good point. Yeah, no, it was a great. Owen Wilson just being hilarious. It had everything. Owen Wilson's in that? Yeah, young Owen. It was great. And he got Affleck. Got Affleck, yeah. Chomping on uh, the, old, the animal crackers. Yeah, doing the animal cracker yeah, bit. Yeah, Catch My Drift. Got, I think, uh, yeah, it was great. It was a great movie. And uh, Diane Warren wrote this song. My yep, and uh, my girlfriend and I had we were going to break up when I went off to college mm-hmm. in the fall. We so, were going to break up, or you were going to break up with her. No, it was discussed. It was like when I go to school, we're breaking up. And when did you have that kava? Like in the spring. It was kind of like we knew that this was going to be me going away to school was going to be the end of our relationship. So this song kind of like it kind of fit. Where it's like, just want to enjoy this and be together. Mm. And I uh, miss her. I miss her sometimes. What? Do you think her first we- post Bob Wiener, do you want it to be also Harry and then there to be a bit of a gradual regression to the mean? I mean. Or do you want it to be almost like a, 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 a child? Like, for, you want like it to just be go just. From, no, for me to like. Too much like powder on I was the gonna other use, side. I was going to say powder. That was my <laughs> reference I was waiting to use. You want a powder dick? And then that will be like shocking yeah. to the other way. And then she'll be like, I don't know what's normal. I've seen both ends of the spectrum. And then when she gets a normal, 
wiener, she'll be like, well, you know, I, I just kind of cross them all off the list because I don't remember what was what. And this is just what a wiener is. <laughs> that, that guy who recommended this podcast is definitely regretting it right now. I, um, I, uh, well, I would like to think that a hairy wiener would be a bonus. You know, it's kind of like ribbed for her pleasure. It could add pleasure to sex. So I would want her next penis. I've never heard that before. Well, you know, I'm just spitballing here because, again, for the record, wiener itself, not hairy. <laughs> again, just a really... Have you ever, has that been proven defi- a, definitively? I, do you want to see my wiener? You know what? I've never seen I've never seen it. I've never seen yours. We're not, we, we discussed this a long time ago that we're not... Dick guys. We're not guys that are like, hey, look at my dick. We're not dick guys. We're also, we went to a high school uh, in the 80s when you were growing up and early 90s when you're watching the movies. Everybody's dicks are out all the time. A lot of dick. All your buddies yeah. that in the high school movies, are, dicks are out flying all over the place, taking showers, whipping each other with the towels. Yep. Uh, going to toga parties and taking your dick just out. Dicks out. It's just your dicks out at all times. Uh, but our high school... There was no post-game showers, post-gym showers. No, you had to really make an effort to see a dick. <laughs> and did we? <laughs> Resnick trying to make a statement here. Like it. Uh, This is some monoculture shit because I don't remember, I didn't own this CD. I didn't really know anybody that was a a legitimate Goo Goo Dolls fan. And yet I knew that chorus. Immediately. Was that even a single? I I don't know if it was a single, but this had to have been on modern rock radio because I recognize it too. This is like a great um, like collective soul song. Goo Goo Dolls, I think we're going to find listening to this album or if we dug a little deeper, they were great at just getting their music into shit. Like obviously uh, Iris we're going to talk go. about when we get this to like that. like in Felicity season one. There's no way this yeah. wasn't in Dawson's Creek or in one of those like CW, WB That's shows. That's what it was. They That's were, absolutely where it, it showed up in, in some type of pop the, culture. The faculty. You know, it was probably in a movie. All right, let me... Dizzy is the name of the song. And it was written, of course, by lead vocalist and guitarist Johnny Resnick. Released as a single. Okay, there we go. Peaked at number nine on the modern rock charts. So it was there just you go. A radio, it was a radio hit. Oh, the music video stars actress Shannon Sossaman. Your favorite. Shannon Sossaman is my favorite under-the-radar hot 90s actress. She was right up your alley. I loved Shannon Sossaman. And if you want, if you're curious, if you want to see peak Sossaman, check out the American psycho. Brett Easton Ellison wrote a book after American Psycho that was about Rules of Attraction. Rules of Attraction. Yes, you always forget the name of that one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it was chronicling the life of the brother of Patrick Bateman. Right. 
and they put out a movie in 2003 that nobody saw, and it starred James Vanderbeek as a total fuck-up, drug addict, college kid, a degenerate in every way, and the, um, the love interest in it is played by Shannon Sossaman, and it's a pretty messed-up movie, but I was completely in love with her, and she also had a, a role in A Knight's Tale, you might remember, from 2001, and then she did the rom-com with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hartnett, right? Oh, Josh Hartnett, 40. 40 Days and 40 Nights, about not fucking during Lent. That one, that movie just inherently annoyed me due to the plot of like how hard it was for Josh Hartnett not to have sex for 40 days. That poor Can guy. you imagine? Can you imagine me in that situation? But you know what? I've, I think everybody's put themselves in the shoes of a what it would be like to be a super hot dude and be able to... Um, hump whenever you want. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it is that hard. Mm. Maybe if you're Josh Hartnett in 2003 or whatever. Right. Maybe it would be that difficult. Now, imagine, Bob, you did not look like you. Okay. Which you're fine, Bob. But imagine you're Hartnett. It's never been difficult for me to not have sex. So <laughs> there's been a lot of 40 days and 40 nights. We've made a 40. We've, we've uh, made the 40, 40 here, club. But imagine you're yeah. Hartnett in 2002. Right. But you have the same libido and drive, mm-hmm. perhaps even more so. Right. That would maybe be challenging. How um, how furry are my man parts? Hartnets are whatever the ideal for what a woman looks for. Landing strip? In the fur. <laughs> that does remind me of my, me and my cousin when we were growing up, did refer to a woman's nether region as simply fur. God, (laughs) that's so weird. That's so weird. What did you call it when you were eight? I didn't call it anything. I was just scared. Whenever it was like the first time it was like you were aware of it or you found, you know, we found in in this memory that I have, we found in a sewer or in the woods a particularly filthy. Uh, pornographic magazine. Yeah, a lot of we we talked about that. A lot of a uh, lot of pornos hanging out, and <laughs> you could find in the woods back in the day. <laughs> right, and we found one of them is particularly, um, you know, hardcore yeah. magazine. And back then in the eighties, there was you know it wasn't what they would call now as the uh, the well manicured area. Yeah, we say. know there was a lot of uh, a lot of bush back then. A, a lot of fur. Okay. To the point, Bob, that uh, that was the only way it could be described. I get it. But what were we talking about? Dizzy by the Cuckoo Dolls there. <laughs> Lead single <laughs> off the no, but before that. multi-platinum selling album. Oh, Dizzy no, you were talking about what is what are people looking for? What is a woman looking for? I was kind of talking about that. We were talking you asked about, the question. We were talking about Josh Hartnett's dick, more or less. <laughs> so if you really want to get into it. Do you it. want to hear actually the really depressing thing? Mm-hmm. Do you really want to get bummed out? Yeah. Josh Hartnett in 2002. Mm-hmm. Great face. Great, uh, you know, greatish acting ability. Yeah. Top of the world. Right. Dude was hanging pipe. <laughs> Just like live in that reality. No, that top makes of sense. everything else. That actually makes perfect sense. Coming 
Remember in gym class when Tonka Fry told everyone that he had to wrap his genitals around his leg? <laughs> I do remember that. so long. Yep. And I just and this believed was, him. And this was sixth grade, maybe? Yeah, I believed him. And then I was I felt inadequate. It's tough being a teen. <laughs> I don't. I want to talk now because I don't want to talk over the bridge because it's incredible. And I want to tell anybody who doesn't think this song is awesome that they're a fucking piece of shit, right? Right. And they have no fucking heart, and they're a fucking liar, and their wiener is short and hairy. And you are judged in my eyes. Do you agree or disagree? No, I'm completely on board with everything. This you just is said. a legitimately great song, yes. right? Like, if I told you it was one of the best songs of the 90s, would you judge me? I wouldn't judge you or fight you. All right. I mean, fall in love with the bridge. Do it. It's coming up. This is the best song of the album. And people are going to talk to about the other one? Right, but... No, this song was so awesome. Okay, here it comes. Yeah. What's your eyes around me? What's your feelings? What you are? What you are is beautiful. Oh, babe, you want to get married? Run away. Fuck you, Bon Jovi. <laughs> you know how hard. 1990s John Bon Jovi oh, he was tried gun- to write this song. He was gunning for this year after year. And now here comes Mr. Clayface <laughs> with the fake John Bon Jovi haircut. Yeah. Discount Bon Jovi comes in and writes a song that John's been trying to write since Blaze of Glory. Pump it up again. There were a few songs in the 90s that I think kind of went to that next level of when it came out. It was just a tremendous hit. And you just, as an alternative rock fan, you knew that like this is what alternative rock was. And this was like the best version of it. Like this was one of those songs. You know, I don't think alternative rock when I hear this though. I feel like this is more, more the quintessential adult contemporary rock. Of the era. Well, I think this is what alternative rock was in 98 by this point. Like, the kind of weird days of, like, the presidents of the United States of America and Tripping Daisy had kind of gone away, and it was a lot safer and more pop-friendly by the end of the 90s. And this is, I think, the perfect version of that song. Like, this, to me, feels like the later incarnation of Dishwalla. Right. Like, uh, the kind of the perfect kind of pop alt- Alt pop song. And to both of our points, the song reached number one, song is Slide, on the U.S. Billboard Adult Top 40 chart, the Modern Rock chart, and the Mainstream Top 40 chart. On the Billboard Hot 100, the song peaked at number eight, so it was a top 10 hit on wow. Billboard. Uh, and it also became the band's second number one single in Canada after a song we're going to hear a little bit later. And also the song reached number 14 in Iceland, number 29 in Australia, number 36 in New Zealand, and number 43 in the United Kingdom. 
It makes sense. I have a feeling. I have a feeling this is one of those albums and bands that our UK listeners are going to tweet at us like, "Yeah, they never did anything over here, but it was interesting to hear them." Hmm. And just like I feel like fifty to sixty-five percent of songs released on the alternative charts in nineteen ninety-five to nineteen ninety-seven were about abortion mm. and the decision whether to get an abortion. A lot or not. of a lot of abortion singing <laughs> and dumpsters. There's all sorts yep. of abortions. Heavy abortion decisions yeah, going she, on. She's on a brick. The charts. She's a brick. There's a baby in a dumpster. <laughs> and why don't you slide? One of the verbs. <laughs> uh, in a 2002 performance on VH1 Storytellers, Resnick explained that the song refers to a teenage girl in a strict Catholic environment who has become pregnant. She and her boyfriend are debating as to the possibility of abortion or marriage. Never knew that that's what this was about. No. I've heard that song. That feels made up. It feels like he was trying to catch that wave. Looking for, (laughs) trying to hop on the abortion wave. He was on the abortion wave in a big spot. Just riding that abortion wave. If if we went through the lyrics, do you think we would find one line where we could say, you know what? He's not bullshitting us. Let's go to Planned Parenthood (laughs) and then we'll think about the consequences. Oh, May. The video I remember is a girl like kind of running away the whole time. So uh, that lends some credence, I guess. Sure. I love that song. I'll kill you if that's not on our playlist. Whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. No, I don't the know. Throwback what, podcast playlist. I liked hearing Dizzy. Dizzy was kind of cool, right? I mean, I just. You are throwing out so many <laughs> ultimatums tonight. I'm going to walk if you don't do this. I'll murder you. If I, I never don't get the song. Said I, I was going to walk. But. <laughs> I don't know, man. All right, here we go. Broadway. I'm going to check in on our men. This was another single. Broadway is dark tonight. Oh, yes, it was. It's a little bit weaker than you used to be. Broadway is dark tonight. See the young man sitting in the old man's bar. Waiting for his turn to die The cowboy kills the rock star And Friday night's gone too far Yeah, this fucking album's huge. This was another big radio song. Or it was on, again, the Felicity soundtrack. <laughs> it's one of the one two. One or the other. <laughs> Very quickly, uh, checking back on Twitter, Mancy, our boy Mancy, our boy uh, at the 46-minute mark, and then Fleetwood Snack. <laughs> Great name. Uh, <laughs> uh, adds February 2002, the post 9/11 mix, top 10 at 46.20. There it Great. is. Great. Now everybody knows where to find it. <laughs> it's all hanging in the air, Bob. Hey, wouldn't it be weird if this was our last show? <laughs> now I kind of want it to be. All right, so there it is, bud. I like this. I feel like this is the what what Bon Jovi hoped Keep the Faith would be back in '92. It's also I know it's about five years before that, six years. It's also you know we we became Matchbox Twenty fans last year. Twenty you know, heads. <laughs> yeah. And be 20 heads. Yeah, we, we have a little problem with that. Um, it's like that. This is like that. But these guys, ne- these guys never bothered me the way that uh, Matchbox 20 did. I mean, I, they were the epitome of harmless. And also they had, they broke in much more respectable terms. Exactly. I was going to say they're more than the epitome of earlier. harmless. 
their first album, A Boy Named Goo. Mm-hmm. We talk about that title. Um, mm-hmm. And the cover of the album is a, like a, almost a Jesus-like boy. Very literal. Jesus who? It's A Boy Named Goo, and it was uh, an alt-rock staple in the mid-90s. It had name, which was a tremendous hit. Had a good rocker on it, as I recall. Had a good rocker on it. And I liked the Goo Goo Dolls. I don't think I ever owned that one, but I think I ha- ended up putting, making mixed tapes with like a few of the songs off that album on it. They were cool. They weren't super cool because I think their name is the Goo Goo Dolls, and that might have held them back a little. They were bit. definitely never cool. But I think during name they were kind of cool. But they came because I remember the behind the music around this era that they put out to continue selling another million or so copies of this album on VH1. They came from a very uh, authentic place, too. They came up in the punk movement of Western New York. Okay. <laughs> Which uh, you listen to this music now, and it's like there is no way this was once a punk band. But they were legit a three-piece punk rock band that uh, started to evolve in sound and smooth away the edges. And that, that's what I'll say, just so I, I want everyone to understand if you're listening to this and saying, God, are these fucking guys serious with this bullshit? This is the 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 edges have been sanded away far too much here. Yes, correct. It is this is very soft. It, but at the same time, I think you and I are both um not too proud to embrace the music when we just like the sound of it and the songs are good and the melodies are good. Yep. But I, I totally would get why a, a true goo goo doll head. Goo head. A goop. Um, no, nope, taken, taken. Maybe they got that before. Oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, would hear this and they would have been disappointed because their output in the earlier 90s had a lot more of an edge to it. But I don't know. I don't know. With a different name and if Johnny Resnick had a different hairstyle, maybe they could have just kind of endured as a little bit cooler. I don't know. Is Johnny Resnick the first dude in alternative rock to get collagen implants? No, and he won't be the last. Oh, no. There have been many after him. But oh, do you think he was the first? He was they, a they bit, oh, okay. And it had a bit of an experimental look to it. <laughs> it was very experimental. <laughs> a little bit like when, uh, you know, in the last like 10, 15 years when Travolta would show up at the Oscars or whatever and it'd just be like, oh, yeah, something's a little off here. Yep. I mean, he looks like, I mean, he looks human, but. But there's something wrong. Right. The old Bill Simmons line that it looked like he was wearing a John Travolta mask. Yep. Maybe the tech, the technology in terms of the implants wasn't where it needed to be, but he he felt the pressure, Bob, in a young man's industry mm-hmm. to embrace the needle, as they say, ride the ride the lightning, <laughs> ride the Botox lightning. <laughs> Would you do that, Bob? You're in your forties. So are you? Almost. Well, not. Basically. Nope. No. Not clear. Not going to. Uh, not going to shoot anything in my face. All right, here we go. Would you be okay if your wife did? She can do whatever she wants to do. (laughs) Very safe answer. (laughs) All right, here's Bulletproof. Uh, This might be like, listen, we're still the same guys you feel in love with. Bag of Bevel, like what I do. Wait a second. Is that Rob? That's Robbie. Robbie's singing. That has all the trappings of Robbie on the box. (laughs) 
You could hear it in the gravel in his voice. That's Western New York. That's Buffalo. Yeah. That's a guy that just wants to order a beer and a chicken sandwich and gets hit with a big guy. <laughs> Kind of got like a, it's got like a CC developing going on. Yeah, a bit of a bone throw here by Resnick, <laughs> because I believe that Robbie, in addition uh, to being, you know, a real relatable bloke physically, he had a major role in the band in terms of decision making, and he had a big voice. So again, I'm, everything is going through uh, the prism of a behind the music. I saw. 14 times in 1999 and yep. then never again. Yep. But I remember Robbie and Resnick had, were essentially leading the band together. Right. Maybe the drummer was in the mix, but. No, they were the main two. I mean, I don't need to hear this. It's cool. It's fine. It's fine. It's again, this is. I'm just happy that he got it. He got a turn. I wonder if that happened in every Goo Goo Dolls album. I bet it did. Did you have a boy named Goo? No, I don't think I did. I think I taped Name off the radio and Long Way Down and a few of the other ones that I liked off the album. So I don't think I ever uh, went out and dropped the 14 bones to pick it up. The last uh, single, five singles on this album, was Broadway, the previous song. Mm-hmm. And it hit the top 25 on the Billboard chart. So it had some this heat a to it. Big album. And it was released in February. 2000 Bob so this was uh, obviously an album with some legs now Bob as we hear Robbie letting it rip giving this album the bones and the you know some balls that it desperately needs thank you Robbie for that let's check in with Stephen Thomas Erlewine of all music Ugh. what did he have to say and again just to, just to frame how important uh, STE is Critic in terms of the critical voice, he is the Roger Ebert of our era of music, Bob. Whether you respect it or not, whether you always agree with him, he is Ebert. And STE of all music says, and you wanted an example of how notable STE is. This is not the first time that when I go to the Wikipedia for an album under reception, just give me the STE pull quote. Yeah, he's really good at uh, putting his stuff in Wikipedia. You're a piece of shit. I mean, anybody can edit Wikipedia. And we know what STE is doing late at night. Just getting in there and putting his little reviews into everybody's Wikipedia pages. It's obvious. I'm reviewing you and it's poor. Less, here it comes. Like a less mannered and conflicted, let your dim light shine era soul asylum. The trio balances hard rockers with ballads. The difference is they enjoy the mainstreaming of their music and respond with one of their catchiest sets of songs there's nothing new on the record apart from their willingness to polish their music so it reaches the widest audience that will alienate whatever hardcore followers they have left but that attitude will likely please anyone brought aboard with name and iris now bob how about that for everything we've talked about the first 30 minutes here Mm -hmm. of this album he just summed it up in about a paragraph give him the respect Bob, come on, that's a pretty good. He's got a hairy dick. It's a fact. <laughs> Full of hair. Shaft to tip. He's <laughs> like a werewolf. <laughs> Did I say that song was called January Friend? I should sure. tell you guys that. And another hit. <laughs> 
You think Robbie had to push that song through legislation? Yeah. You think like, there was a bit of an ultimatum there? You know, I think Johnny probably had it listed as like track 14 of 14, and he was like, maybe we put it in the top five. And Resnick started to push back, and he's like, ah, Robbie needs this. God, this poor guy. I was going to say that Robbie is probably going through a divorce, but Robbie's the type of guy who gets married at 24, and he loves that woman. Yep. When they did the 30-year anniversary tour of The Zip the Girl, Robbie's like, and there she is right there in the front row. She's been my girl for 37 years. My old lady. Give it up for Maud. More beautiful than ever. Maud. Buffalo's own mom. How about Jovi staying with the same girl his whole life? Good for Jovi. Probably like an open relationship thing happening there, don't you think? Like a Peyton Manning situation. <laughs> Wait a minute, did you just breaking news? <laughs> that that's been out there on the streets. Okay. That Peyton perhaps had an, uh, an arrangement. Yes. That's not reported. I think a lot of celebrities do. This song was very popular. It did nothing for me. Never liked this one. Yeah, it was very popular, though. This was definitely one I would turn off immediately. And not that it's offensively bad. It just never really... This is kind of schlocky. It's schlocky. And also, if you were going to get... Again, there's a song that we haven't gotten to yet that we'll get to that everyone knows. And it was, you know, right there with any of the most played songs on the radio over the 10 years of the 90s. So when this song came out, you know, then name came out and it's like, oh, that's different and it's good and it's a little bit of a change of pace. So you were able to get into that. And then this came out and it was a little bit too much like the other song. Yeah. And it was like, we just went through six months straight of the other song. Yeah. And this is a similar type vibe. I'll tell you what, though, John Bon Jovi would put a Harry Weiner on his forehead to have this on Destination yeah. Anywhere's 1997 solo album. <laughs> you, you love that album. I kind of remember Resnick trying, really selling in a Brian Adams type way, yeah. trying to sell himself as hot. In this video. Resnick really went for, hey, I don't believe your eyes. I'm hot. Like, he really <laughs> tried to make it happen. I'm going to buy a very expensive leather 90 suit. Remember the leather 90 suit? Yeah. With the big collar. And I'm going to get the Bon Jovi haircut. Yep. I'm going to do the experimental injections. Yep. And then I'm going to be lit. Nigel Dick's going to light the video in gonna a way. Going to light the fuck out of me. Put a guitar in my hand, obviously. Yep. And let's see if we could sell this. Let, no, not let's see. We're going to sell this. Like, we are going to make me hot. You know who always uh, so, saw through the bullshit, though? Maud. <laughs> Maud, Because she knew him when he had the, the yeah. janky teeth and the acne yeah. and the long hair that was yeah. unkempt. She remembers the tour buses. Maud, Maud. Would, Maud would pull uh, Robbie aside and be like, what's Johnny doing? 
You got to talk to him about those injections. You know what? And Maud, Rob, she's the type of girl that would talk to Johnny herself. Yeah, it's true. She would wait for the right time. Yeah. And she, you know, the, her little uh, porch patio where she would smoke cigarettes. Yeah. And the dog would go out there with her and she would say. Yeah. And she'd invite Johnny at the end of the tour. And he'd be like, man, I can't remember the last time I've been here. Oh, man. A nice home-cooked meal. It's been a while. Oh, man. You're chilly, Maud. I forgot how great it was. <laughs> Maud's chilly. was so good. And then Maud just, like, keeps it real with him. Yeah. Your face is fucked up. Johnny, what are you doing? What are you doing with these floozies out on the road? You're not being loyal to Marianne. <laughs> Marianne, she, know, she knows what's up. No, I know she knows what's up, Johnny, but she also wants more. You know that. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're, like, on the set of Mystic River. <laughs> Is that my daughter? Is that my daughter? All right. Uh, (laughs) I would love to live just one day in that Sunday morning of Mystic River in Southie. Like be there when... uh, (laughs) Oh, you want to be like in Mystic River. I want to be in that town, uh, the area of Boston, Southie. When Sean Penn's looking for his daughter but hasn't found her yet. It's devastating, dude. You don't want to be there. Because he probably Think like about the buzz in the in the town though, like whoa, what's going on? The old, you know, what's his name? Sean Penn's daughter. She's you know, the the college sweetheart of the yeah. whole town. Where is she? Is she okay? Oh. And then everybody's like, oh man, there's some some stuff going on down at the park. <laughs> down, you get down to down the at, park, down at the park, at the park, and you get down there. Yeah. Uh oh, here comes the meat wagon. <laughs> and here comes Sean Penn freaking the fuck out. And uh, Tim Robbins and uh, who else is in that movie? All sorts of people there. I just feel like that'd be fun. <laughs> Not fun, but I kind of wish I was there too. Uh, the track was moderately successful on rock radio, reaching number 13 and 28 on the modern rock charts charts and mainstream rock charts. And I think it did better on the contemporary part uh, charts. And that all makes sense because there are a lot of people who are like us that because of the earlier single, right, you're kind of like done with them. And it's like, you are who you are now. Now you're a PLJ. Yes. <clears throat> you are. That's yeah. who you are. Slide Don't, was on yeah. every radio station, but this one you didn't want. You didn't want to hear. Rob, we need you again. <laughs> Robbie, you're up. And Maud's like, she's not too... Like she'll pass gas in front of you. Oh yeah, no, Maud's Maud's one of the guys. It's like you you don't even remember the last time you saw her wearing makeup. It's just like yeah, but that's not what she's about. She's a real person. She's authentic, right. and she'll tell you how she feels. This album did much in the UK as I go through some of these singles. It kind of makes sense. I'm, <clears throat> one of the things I'm learning from this podcast is this kind of shit doesn't translate to the UK. Did you burn out to the air? 
good. It's fine. It's not bad. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like hugely memorable. But... Not not something I want to listen to now in 2020. But it's fine. Right. But yeah, there wasn't. Uh, I didn't know anybody that was like a goo head back in 1998 or 99 or 2000. But they weren't no. like a. I never saw someone. But they on a weren't. T-shirt but or... they weren't like a mocked band. They weren't like what Train became, or like a lot of these sort of, even Matchbox Twenty bands that people kind of hated. They were just there. Like they were kind of inoffensive. They came to Towson University in 2001 and played Homecoming. I mean, they were still like playing colleges. Like they were not uncool. They just weren't cool. I feel like they would have caught some heat in a decade later in the blog world and right. the. You know, as the you know culture was changing, and they would be maybe ridiculed a little bit more for being as mainstream as they got, and being unabashedly shooting for the top of the charts, which I think got increasingly uncool. But I mean, it was uncool. Past. It was uncool by then too. But they they somehow like wiggled their way through that criticism. Like nobody really, maybe people didn't care enough about them to criticize them, but for a band that sold this many albums and had this many big hits, you would think they would have had a little more backlash. Robbie! Damn, did he get another box turn? I like this one. They sound, when he's at the mic, they sound like Soul Asylum. They absolutely do, yeah. And, and we this, like Soul Asylum. I love Soul Asylum, and this sounds like a song that would be on the Empire Records soundtrack. Yes. In fact, I'm just going to assume it was, and then if somebody wants to prove me wrong, they right. can. Right, right. Um, Soul Asylum, one of the bands that the Goo Goo Dolls beat in our Patreon poll. Oh, who'd they beat out? They beat out Soul Asylum's Grave Dancers Union, which I was... Looking forward to doing. I mean, I would have loved to have done that one. In fact, that's one of our deleted episodes, one of the first episodes we ever recorded before we even released this podcast three years ago was a Grave Dancers Union episode. I thought that one had... had, We were trying to figure out what this show was. We didn't really have the format down. We didn't have the format down, but I remember there was some inspired uh, talk about Perner, Dave Perner, just being a a monumental dirtbag. In a good way. Not like dirtbag. Dirtbag implies he was a bad guy. Just like a, like a big piece of film. Just dirty. Just, just a dirty super guy. dirty. And then he happened to have the the greatest piece of ace in alternative rock at the time, which is twenty three year old Winona Ryder. Yeah, we'll have to hit that at some point. We do, but he, they, these guys, these guys beat out. Uh, what? Am I, am I talking or are you turning loud? I can't tell. Okay. It's so cold right now. I'm good. The listeners are going to have to deal with the hum of the heater because I have to turn it on. You should drink bourbon like me. It makes you warm. It's actually a good call. Yeah. Still going to turn on the heater. Okay. So yes, the Brothers Goo beat out Soul Asylum. They beat out Better Than Ezra's Friction Comma Baby. Oh, damn. It was a close one. It was a close one. How close? It was very close, right? I believe um, these guys got 40%. 
My man Justin Hathaway is going to be very upset BTE about BTE got 33%. And then Soul Asylum and the Lemonheads came in third and fourth place. I'll never do a Lemonheads album. I would love to do a Lemonheads fuck album. Fuck Evan Dando. Fuck you for saying fuck yeah. Evan Dando. Listen, anybody that likes Nirvana, you don't get you don't get you don't get down with the Lemonheads. Lemonheads put out some great albums, Dando, Handsome, Hairless Stick, and uh, Yeah, but at what cost? A Bob? beautiful voice. A beautiful voice. Because as the rumor goes, it was the affair of Courtney Love and Evan Dando that helped contribute to the death of Kurt Cobain. Is that is that something that you want to celebrate, too? Dando had to get his dick wet. I don't care. Oh. That's some dangerous business, Courtney Love in 94. Yeah. And I've had to fight. Robbie? No, they wouldn't go back-to-back Robbie, would they? Is Robbie the lead singer? Was <laughs> <laughs> wrestling having throat issues related to his <laughs> collagen injections? <laughs> and they had to split it up? Robbie! We're just super um, underinformed. I think, is what's going on here. Apparently. I bet this is every album they've done. I guess so. But how about Robbie not getting a single big single? And maybe at some point, again, Maud's got to be like, Robbie, sit down. That's the single, Robbie. Let's talk. What's the name of the song? Full Forever. Robbie, Full Forever is the single. What does Johnny think? You got to tell him that this is the single, Robbie. Look, look, it's your band. She you takes guys, a long drag on his, uh, her marble Look, it's red. your band, and I'm not, I'm not the one that's going to tell you guys what to do. Like You guys have done great. You've made great decisions. But I'm telling you, Robbie, it's not a coincidence that all the singles are Johnny's. This chili is so good, Maud. <laughs> Maud, you're right. I know, but, you know, Johnny, he's got the look, and I'm, I'm me. And he's him, and I'm me. And that's never going to change. And you know, Johnny, he's got my back, and I've got his back. And the drummer, he's in there too. <laughs> they don't learn his name ever. <laughs> so Maud, do you think, was pushing full forever? I don't see why not. But you know what, Robbie? For all for all the things we've said, like Robbie is the dude that he knew that Johnny was riding a wave and it yeah. put Black Balloon up there. It's just the smarter play for the band because right. you don't want to confuse the record buyers. And above all, Robbie was a businessman. Yeah. All right, I'm going to ask you a question. And uh, don't dismiss it out of hand. Just like, I want you to really consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I ask the question, just turn the music up louder. Yeah. Knowing what we know now about the dynamic of this band, are the Goo Goo Dolls the Rolling Stones of our generation? So basically the Glimmer Twins of Western New York. <laughs> Buffalo's own Glimmery Twins. Glimmerish Twins. Uh, Just think about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. Obviously it is. The Rolling Stones of the 90s would, I would say the closest you would get would be Oasis, right? Oh, I don't know. That's a bigger... How would they be the Rolling Stones? Uh, I'm... Well, you're. I thought you were kind of getting at no, the I was just saying with two the, lead guys in the right. band that power the band creatively. That yeah. they have. There's a lot of friction, and they also they both have had big moments in terms of uh, in front of the mic, in front yeah. of the mic. 
I'm trying to think who else would even qualify. Only the goose. All right, here we go. Acoustic number three, this is called. Your voice is small and fading And you're hiding here unknown And your mother loves your father Cause she's got nowhere to go And she wonders where these dreams go Cause the world got in her way What's the point in never trying? I think this is kind of what it is. Yeah, I like this. Do you think this was on like an episode of Friends, like after the Central Perk closed, and like Ross was like standing right outside and he wanted to go back in to say something to Rachel, right. but he just like didn't wasn't able to bring himself to do it. And like Gunther's blue balls are just raging behind the <laughs> raging bar. blue balls. He just knows that Gunther's gonna go home and just jerk we, off so hard. I don't know if we talked about it on this pod that there's a place our version of the. Central Park when we lived in Hollywood was Birds yeah. and Franklin. And one night, um, our friend and roommate, former roommate Brian and I, were at Birds, and there was a couple girls that we were talking to, and then out of nowhere is actually Gunther. Yeah. Like real Gunther. Gunther. It's him. He used to hang out at Birds. Not a guy that looked like Gunther. It was the actor who played Gunther, uh-huh. and he looked just like Gunther. Because he was Gunther. And it turns out that Gunther was looking to lay some wood, some Gunther wood, uh, with one of the girls we were talking to. Without the gunt. So as I recall, uh, in this, in the, on this particular night, it was me, Brian, these two girls who were sisters who lived across the street in that old... Um, very old and cool old Hollywood hotel uh, yes. apartment complex. Uh, and we called them the Biddle Witches. I think that was their name. And I don't care if they <laughs> are listening. You'll never find them anyway. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. They're from, well, they're Somebody, not dead. I'm oh, just saying okay. it's, you know, the, the Internet. All right. All right. Uh, they're from England, I think, originally. Beside the point, four of us, Gunther shows up. Gunther's looking to make a power play on one of the Biddle sisters. Right. And I didn't think Brian and I were even in that realm because I think we were both uh, in relationships and we were just having a good time. Yeah. Uh, talking to two cute girls and having some drinks and sitting on the outside porch. Gunther's looking to make a power play. Of course. And then I do recall it's starting to get, I wouldn't say testy or even heated, but there's starting to be a little bit of aggro vibe. Um, certainly between Gunther and myself. Like I, mm, I Gunther started to annoy me because mm-hmm. Gunther was, I think, trying to present himself in a, a way that would make him uh, appear attractive to this this young woman. Right. And uh, we just wanted Gunther to go away because we were more in a chill dynamic, just like two of them, two of us, and we're just chilling. And Gunther brought this other energy. Mm, Gunther energy. It's amazing that Gunther in real life can't fit in to a group of people either. And I can guarantee you that Gunther's success level with Rachel Green was equal to that of the Biddle twin. Boom. Fuck you, Gunther. (laughs) That is the big takeaway. (laughs) Hey, Gunther, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And I never saw him again. Let's find out that fucking asshole's running. (laughs) 
This is Iris. This is track 14 on the album, which makes me think this was on the City of Angels soundtrack yes. famously. It became one of the biggest hits of the decade that originally it was supposed to be just for that. And then it was so huge that the, the Goose or Maud most likely was right. like, honey, that has to be on your record. And I know it doesn't fit in thematically and I know Johnny's against it, but it has to be there to move Put units. On. Put it on. And Maud, as always, was right. So they just stuck it on there, track 14. And it is... Here's here's the intro on Wikipedia, which I think sums up nicely. Iris has contributed greatly to the band's success. Besides becoming one of the biggest alternative rock staples of its time, Iris also remains one of the biggest crossover hits in the history of popular music, crossing over from modern rock radio to pop and adult contemporary radio reaching number one on all these formats and becoming wow. the most played song of 1998 for all formats. Unbelievable. Whoa. Even number three in the UK. And I see you, Ireland. It's become one of uh, Ireland's best-selling singles of all time. It's essentially their angels. Is this what they want to be buried to? I would say it probably crosses, it checks that box. If I was in like a young... Uh, not cool rock band and I wanted to figure out like how to write the perfect power ballad that's what this is pop yeah. song I would listen to this on repeat and try to figure out what it is about this song that makes it so universal like it mm. just it's interesting because I mean it's got kind of every element individually that you would think works and it's a formula that you think people could replicate but this really is like a unique song in just the way that it blew up. I was thinking about the situation of the Nicolas Cage character in the movie. This guy is completely willing to give up his own immortality just to be able to feel something very human. And oh my I God, think, Im- imagine having to think that much about City of Angels. <laughs> and I think, wow, what an amazing thing it must be to love someone so much that you gave up everything to be with him. That's a pretty heavy thought. Resnick. And I don't October 2012, Iris was ranked number one on Billboard's Top 100 Pop Songs, 92 to 2012, which ranked the top songs of the first 20 years of the mainstream Top 40 Pop Songs chart. It is one of the biggest hits in the history of our lives, Bob. Yeah. And it makes sense. And somehow not about abortion. (laughs) I don't know. I never really saw that movie. Was there an abortion there? 
Oh, saw it in the theater with uh, my girlfriend. Fuck you. Yeah. Rub that in my face. No abortions. But she does get hit by a car and pinned to a tree. We have a friend who I believe is a listener either every episode or occasionally, but I believe his wife might listen to the show too, so we're not going to say who it is. But I just narrowed it down to like three people. <laughs> but this particular person had a um, unrequited crush on someone that we knew. And as rumor has it, as legend has it, Bob. Yes. He did the old uh, Lloyd Dobbin. <laughs> What's his name? Say anything. Cusack and Don say Cusack. anything. Yeah, yeah. He did that outside this um, crush's house. Right. Ripping the song. Yeah, that was that did was that a really happen? Because you were connected pretty tightly to both parties. Yes. In that era, more than I was. I want to believe that it happened. But does it ring a bell? It does. I mean, it's not something I've thought about in 20 plus years, but did it happen, Bob? I think it happened. Yeah. Did it work? I think we both know the answer to that. <laughs> Ooh, this sounds like a Robbie joint. Extra pale. Bring it on, Robbie. It's going to be very disappointed if this isn't Robbie. This sounds, oh, actually it's kind of right on the line of Robbie O'Donnell. Yes. Yes. Yeah! Motherfucker, I saw you have to songs of this album. This is crazy. I had no idea. Wow. 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 He's done at least five songs on this album. And that's why this podcast is important, Dan, because we're still learning things about bands like the Goo Goo Dolls all these years later. Not only are we learning, but we're teaching people. See? There you go. This is important. What Robbie we're had a voice. He really is like a poor man's Dave Perner. But here's the but thing. not bad. He has a good voice. And here's something I'm sure, as we talked about, is on Maud's radar. Robbie didn't speak to it because he understood that the bottom line uh, was king. But you got five singles off this album. Everybody got rich. You can't throw Robbie a single. I don't think Robbie's complaining. Like you said, he got he got Iris, this. Slide, Dizzy, Black Balloon, and Broadway. All Resnick joints. Well, Robbie is Keith Richards, so that's what it is. That's I mean, what, Keith Richards had Happy. I mean, he had um, he had uh, the Hotel song. He had know. some songs, but he, he didn't have songs. he didn't have the classics. Memory Motel, yeah, not had. the classics. Johnny gets the classics. And Robbie's for the fans. He's for the radio. Robbie is for the you know the legit goose. Yes, yeah, the real goose. No, not goose. They're the goose. No, they created goops. The goo heads. <laughs> Everybody in the dollhouse said Robbie deserves this place. Here's the final track. Hate this place. I mean, at least let Robbie close out. No, no, he's Johnny not. won't let him do that either. No, never. Who knows where For the record, Resnick wrote... By himself, 
nine of the 13 songs looks like. Okay. Eight of the 13 songs. Robbie wrote January Friend. Robbie wrote Extra Pale, yeah. which we just saw, which, you know, stick it in track 12. Are you kidding me? And uh, Robbie wrote Full Forever, track nine. Is Johnny Resnick like the, the biggest landowner in Buffalo? Like, I mean, <laughs> he's got to have so much Buffalo money. Do you think, again, I don't know why it just feels so strong that John Bon Jovi heat. When Bon Jovi unsuccessfully attempted to buy the Bills, do you think that was a land grab meant to push the Goose out of the region? Do you think he was just trying to, like, step up to in Johnny's turf and just say, like, hey, you stole my hair, but I'm going to steal your football team? Felt like it. Yeah. Do you think that Resnick aligned himself with Trump in that spot? Most likely. That all checks out. Trump double-crossed Bon Jovi in that sales bid. Yeah. Which I still think you need to write a long-form banger for NFL.com about that. would be so good. Definitely not on NFL.com, but somebody that covers the NFL, especially with election season here now. Yeah, this is the time to do it. Come on. Yeah. John Bon Jovi, one of the famous, most famous American rock stars of the last 30, 40 years was all in on purchasing an NFL team, made a push. Trump, seven years away from being president, also interested in buying an NFL team. Submarines, John Bon Jovi, by spreading lies in the Western New York media about Bon Jovi's intentions to move the team to Canada, which was completely completely, false. Completely baseless. He just got his friends in the... He went Trump. Right, he 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 did a Trump thing. And it worked because the people of Buffalo fucking turned on Bon Bon Jovi to the point that they were doing the thing where they were running over his CDs and shit in the street. The misinformation sent out by Trump destroyed Bon Jovi's career in Western New York. You gotta write this. It's a great story. And you know you can get Bon Jovi on record on it because he's still pissed about it. I'll give you time off from the podcast to go write that. That makes sense. (laughs) All right. Now, Bob, you know where I stand on this. I think, yes, I understand that Slide is very popular, uh, but I just think it's functionally their their greatest song. I think it just kind of marries the two things they did very well, which is the ballad type stuff and then the kind of mid-tempo rock. And lyrically, I think it's a great song. And I believe that that bridge, put your arms around me. What you feel is what you are. And what you are is beautiful. Oh, May. Maud. Yeah. There's a connection. It's probably a nickname for Maud. You want to get married and run away is as good as any uh, kind of bridge in the 90s. I said it. Fuck you if you disagree. Uh, so I will pound the table for okay. slide. Your Johnny Resnick impression needs work. You kind of sound a little more like a Robbie in those moments. <laughs> yeah, it's been. But uh, that's still good. But before we pick, uh, before we pick, once again, we got to thank the Patreonies at patreon.com slash throwbackpod for, uh, for picking the Goo Goo Dolls and keeping this podcast alive. Thank you to Bruno, the sponsor. Courtney, love that dude. Love that dude. Courtney and Wyatt and the twins. Courtney and Wyatt should know that I'm still looking for the... Uh the baby music U2 CD that I want to send to you guys. But when I find it, when I stumble across it, it will be sent out from the NFL mailroom and I'll pretend that it's company business and they will pay for it and you will get it. Oh, that's great. This is on record now. So this is what gets you fired, which is very Ouch. problematic 
for your family. But you know what, Dan? Since you're about to lose your job, yeah. since I am not going to put your Super Bowl prediction <laughs> in that slot at the beginning of the episode, but I might put it at the very end of the episode, for these reasons, I'm giving you slide. All right. It just kills you that I killed that. Uh, why do prediction. I care? I thought it was great that you got it right. I know. I think the Niners going to win. I'm, I'm, that's not true at all. Oh, I'm just, I am anti me doing more work. Slide is the slide is the next you know choice. Maybe if we get a few more Patreones, we could afford a producer someday, and then he could do or she. Oh, notice how you said he first. Or That's she. What, no, that now you a little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> Bob's hiring practices. Congratulations, Fox. That's what you're in bed with. <laughs> All right, now we're both losing our jobs. <laughs> All right, thank you, everybody. Oh, I wrote down my catchphrase. Oh, here we go. Now, I actually, I don't want, I want to be able for it to work. You have, you can't like kind of stop it down or have a takeaway. No, I'm going to let you do it. I'm just, I'm out. Let me say it. Bye, everybody. I'm done for the episode. Dan's going to now take you home. It's, I think it's somewhere in here amongst like a, some Super Bowl notes. Is this part of the bit? Is this part of your sign off? Is you kind of scrolling through your phone to look for something? No, it's not a bit. I got to find it though. Okay. See, this is where it works against you because you can't edit this either. No, I don't want to. No, I'm, I'm, I'm reveling in this for some reason. I'm bathing in this awkwardness. Shit, where did I put it? Is it here? I'm going to try to go off, uh, off the top of my head. Till next week. You're not old. This music is. Yeah! <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> it's all right. All right. Uh, will, will have the Super Bowl have happened when people are listening to this? It's right on. Right it. around there, yeah. yeah. Well, so we'll enjoy the Super Bowl. Or I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Wow, how about Andy Reid finally getting that big Super Bowl W? Oh, man. Didn't you do that last year where you said something about the Patriots definitely losing yes. and then they won? The, yeah. Okay. Wow, Patrick Mahomes, four touchdowns in the Super Bowl. <laughs> he deserved that MVP. All right. All right. <laughs>